just like in super disgusting conditions. The, the Jordan Travis, like five interception game finally comes to pass and they still win somehow. Well, if you feel like taking a home dog, they're getting 21 and a half. You know, they gave up like 50 to Notre Dame last week. So I think I'm all set. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. We will check it. We will respond. You can also get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Podcast Center, Stitcher, all up on the internet. We're out there. We're also on Instagram at Wheel Route Podcast. The DMs are open, as you know. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm coming to you guys. From Stewart, Florida. I'm on Twitter at Logwan the Dawn. Um, we've got some new countertops in the house today, so big day for for the home ownership. Um, you know, uh, we I discovered that the sink that I purchased was dented when the, when the gentleman tried to take it out to uh, install the countertops. So I had to make a trip not to my local Lowe's, but to the Lowe's one town over, which is tough. You know. Some real first world problem coordination stuff going on here in Stewart, but the weather's still lovely. The vibes are up. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am back in the friendliest city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where uh, we've got a very cold front coming through. The temps, the temps are ready to get low. I'm, uh, um, I've heard this. Not, so pack, not, not stoked. Yeah, pack accordingly, White House family. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. I will say that I had a lovely view of a lot of fall foliage on the drive back from Northern Virginia yesterday. Ooh. So lots of... Peak week. Oranges and browns and yellows just peppering both sides of 81. Um, That's how you know God's a hokey, you know. Yeah. Further evidence that we cannot deny. Um, but yeah, happy to be here for another mega episode. That's we, right. We are taking those on in in the spirit of being adults and having lifestyle right. travels and things of that nature. Okay. Yeah, the Wheel Route Road Dogs podcast uh, is is going to be coming at you guys the next couple of weeks. So bear with us. Thank you. Very little actual college football travel. You, the good thing yeah. about Mega episodes, though, is we can fit more ad reads into them. So it's a good point. You know what the listeners like, Jordan. You may need to break them up, though. This is PSA for Colin Smith. You know, you don't have to listen to it all in one sitting. You can break it up. So it's fine. Appreciate you. Who else? Uh, is my here? name is Jason Crick. I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Where, yeah, I am. Uh, I was officially ready to declare it cold today. Um, it went. It went past. Went past brisk to. To quite chilly, um, but you know, you take what you can get. It'll definitely be colder later, so we make our peace. Are you still uh, rocking yeah. that like khaki jacket that has like the built-in flannel like um, shirt underneath with I the hood? Find that thing. I don't know where it is. Oh, you don't know where it is. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the season, Jason. Week for it. Yeah. No, it's. I've been, I've been 
I've been clinging to the, the hoodie Henleys uh, as best way as possible. You've been wearing, I don't, I've been wearing two, three at a time. <laughs> don't want them to do this for themselves to make it happen. So. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, lovely to see both of your shining faces. Um, are we sipping on any delicious beverages this evening? Uh, more Sam Pellegrino for me and a big flat water because nice. I... You know, time to get hydrated for the cold. That's right. Up. You don't want your elbows to get crusty. Right. Uh, I have great news uh, on this the final day of October. That yes. The last beer in my six pack was a Devil's Backbone O Fest Lager. <laughs> hey, I'm proud of you, man. I mean, that was great. That, that was tremendous. Well, you I, know, I, I, I'm very, very proud of me. And then I told myself <laughs> completely by accident. That's great. Um, I hope it's good. I did have a beer but i do know i no longer have a beer so it's been deleted i deleted a beer earlier um and i'm working on a little bit of a lime kirkland bubbly with uh, a splash of some mango uh, mango pineapple juice in it that was left over for from some event some sort of bellini event you know don't like bellini fest <laughs> bellini um, fest 2k 23 <laughs> i'm i'm only having the one beer this evening because I had a very Harrisonburg evening, and then I went to Please. Mexi Night at Little Grill, and then got a scoop of brownie batter ice cream at Klein's. Wow! So I'm wow. right now. Yeah, geez, the Harrisonburg, the blue, the blue streaks are coming out of your 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 right. eyes. I can see them can, from here. So many small businesses being supported. <laughs> You're darn right, Jordan. You're darn right. That's great. Um, Awesome. Very good. Jordan, thanks for coming down and visiting last weekend. We had a good time. Played a significant amount of golf. Was a little tired. The back was a little stiff. Um, but, you know, good reasons. Good reasons. Have you had any yeah. time? Have you had any time to reflect on anything? Do you have any takes to get off? Have you updated your course rankings? Uh, I have not updated my Grint course rankings yet, but that is a good reminder that I need to do so. Uh, I owe it to the game of golf, to myself, <laughs> to my Grint friends right? Um, to take care of that. Uh, yeah, had a great time playing several new courses, uh, or new to me, new to us courses, Yeah, and the trusty Florida <clears throat> club as well. Um, did not score as well as I had hoped to. I think there are some contributing factors to that. Um, I also think after some introspection i i tend to fall very easily into the trap of just like try and hit six shots <laughs> vacation golf yes and like play way more aggressive than i normally would which is fine like i think i came to grips with that uh at some point as we were walking the park i was like okay i think i think this is kind of the the uh train tracks i am on right now and sure we're gonna ride with it <laughs> so falling it, uh, victim to just wanting to flag it yeah yeah it's like i didn't i didn't come on vacation so i could play conservatively right. like there's there's nothing at stake here like i'm gonna try and hit sick oh it's very true shot. and that compounding that is just playing like numerous new courses right so numerous new courses i also thought that a like it's potentially underrated how stressful mentally it is to walk a new course, like to walk a course that you have never played before. 
because I found myself... Especially that place, which was kind of like, we would walk off every green and be like, so is it like left yeah, or right? I, <laughs> it's like, we, it's I was very, that was very confusing. trying to figure out like, okay, do I leave my cart over here? Like, where, <laughs> where do true. I put it so I don't have to fjord this thing over the green and get to the next tee box? But um, yeah, yeah, great time. We had great weather. Very windy. So, it, was, it was extremely uh, windy, Jason. You would have, as a whole, as a high ball striker, you you would have uh, had and really enjoyed it. A lot of. We did play one course that was on the ocean, which was objectively sick, and it was like Friday. It was like part three, right? It was a part three. Yeah. It was like Friday afternoon. Um, the vibes were pretty right. It was very windy, um, but there were some. There were some shots you had to hit like parallel to like Dixie Highway on Palm Beach Island, like, and you're having to hit like a five iron to like a you know like it's like a 195 yard par three like man size par three and you're having to like really flag one up, up there pretty hard and I'm you're just like i can guys. feel i can feel the yank it directly into traffic here um yeah which, you those know, are not for us in it, traffic either yes <laughs> those yeah. are like it's not a little wedge into traffic if you know no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no but um yeah uh jordan and i did have one near confrontation uh, Jason, that you'll be you'll you'll be happy to know. Uh, <laughs> the gentleman that was playing uh, that joined our group was playing with us. Um, got struck in the skull uh, by a ball while sitting in his cart. At the, this is at the par three. Which listen, that has to happen all the time out there. Like I was looking around and I was like, this place is a nightmare as far as especially so windy. Yeah, especially like how windy it was and like there was like they did they did a pretty nice job with some elevation change like the particular hole this happened on was like a fairly elevated tee box like straight downwind and um yeah our our guy um lovely guy great guy he and he and yeah. his lady his lady friend were with us um she was that was probably the best random pairing we had all probably all true and it was really, only one of them was playing golf the other one was just running the uh the ball collector um scooping balls out of the intercoastal yeah. the whole time which was pretty great uh, yeah, she was she was great, um, but yeah. So anyhow, I don't think the gentleman <laughs> that hit the guy knew that he hit the guy. Um, so he he was bringing a lot of like uh, misplaced <laughs> aggression, undeserved to, aggression, undeserved aggression to, to the, the conversation. Um, and I was up on the tee box like just it had happened. I kind of knew like how this was gonna go. So I was kind of like, all right, well, we're gonna eventually have to move past this. So I was up in the tee box, just getting a yardage. Um, and this guy just came roaring over, yelling and screaming, dropping F-bombs, like ready to scrap. And Jordan's like, hey man, <laughs> like steps in, like you hit him in the head. And then the energy, the guy's energy changed so fast. So apologetic. He kept- I just wanna say, angry. Just for no reason? Like, so the guy who got hit like once, once hitter of the golf ball got into earshot, yeah. like started chewing him out. Like, oh, okay. bro, why didn't you yell for like, what, what are you thinking? And that's when he just like got super pissy, super defensive. It just like, started like flared up like King Cobra style, like roaring yeah. up on us. This was like a large man. This was not, we're going to have to tabletop this guy. Yeah. Like fight. Yes. Yeah. Between yeah. these two guys. The, the 145 okay. pound Chilean guy we were playing with was not, going to be you know unless he was a, a biter you he know. was gonna get ragdolled yes he was gonna get ragdolled but jordan and i would have tabletopped him on his behalf yeah, yeah. i'm not school style we trained for this but yeah anyhow 
uh, the guy kept claiming that all he did was hit, and I quote, a little wedge. Like, he kept saying that. It was just a little oh, wedge. Like, well, dude, it went like 165 yards and struck a guy on the head. So it wasn't yeah. that little. Like, I so then, <laughs> Guy who hit the little wedge finally comes to terms with, like, okay, the ball hit this young man in the head. <laughs> and hitter of the golf ball's significant other is like doubling down on no way it hit him in the head. Well, she's like, I she's, saw it hit that yeah. tree. She's going and back said, and forth. Been no, you between didn't. We hit it first in, of yeah. all, you are looking directly into the sun. Those sunglasses are not polarized. <laughs> and I saw and heard it hit this man. Also, in the we're head. not making this up. There's not like three people that are all just like, all right, now's our time. Hole number f- right. We just finished 15. Take a dive. Let's now. Take a dive. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was it was interesting. Tensions were flaring, but everything nice. else went went okay. We had some we had some fairly browsy folks that we played with uh, at the park. Nice guys, but uh, you know, a lot of hands on the hip, looking around just to like you know hit a you know, asking to borrow clubs. Uh, yes, asking to borrow clubs just to like you know top a shot fifteen yards down the fairway. It's like all right, we can't be doing that, guy. Lock it up. So, borrow clubs request. Yeah, he did ask me, "Hey man, you got a fifty-two degree wedge?" He's like, "Brother, you bet I do. Here you go. Have at it, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> I'm wedged out, uh, fully suited." But um, that place was immaculate. Jason, can't wait for you to get down um, and take a stroll out there. It was great. Uh, really, really fun. Um, very, just very well done. Like all around, yeah, well done experience. A very high end experience for not like extremely high end price, which was great. I mean, yeah. it was. Not the cheapest round of golf I've ever played, but I thought grading on the curve, fairly, yeah, you know, okay. fairly yeah. affordable. You got to be on vacation sometimes, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I, I think it was definitely worth it. It whooped my butt, and I cannot wait to play it again. Yes, and yeah, and I think that's, like, the hallmark of a, of a good course. So oh. this is the park in West Palm. I've always been a masochist, Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bit of a sicko. A lot of very well-placed bunkering, um, Jason, you'll be happy to know. So Love get that. excited. <laughs> get excited. like wow, that's well-placed. And some of it is just like the sheer <laughs> amount of bunkers they yeah. put out there. Yes. It's like, well, you're going to hit one. Yeah, not a drop of water on the whole course, which was very interesting for a Florida golf course. Hadn't played that. Yeah, that's, hadn't that's hadn't seen that. Very common. But anyhow. All right, well, cool. Well, good times all around. Um, yeah. We did watch college football as well on Saturday, even though you know the vibes were a little bit subdued. Given, given given how so sleepy, how, how sleepy the boys were and you know how sleepy the Gators offense was. So uh okay, let's go. We got some news and notes to hit on here, guys. Um you guys want to start with you guys want to start with some coaches? Coaches were saying things after games this weekend. Oh. Tensions are rising across the land. Um we had some D let's start with Dion. Uh I don't this is Fairly on brand for him, but still sometimes rubs me the wrong way. That's what he's done since he took the job. Yeah, a little bit. Um, He basically, I guess, after the game was asked, like, what's the deal with the offensive line? And he just basically said, like, well, we need to go get new offensive linemen. Like, that's that's what he said. And I, I can kind of, I guess, maybe see the sort of underlying tactic that he motivational tactic, neg uh, tactic that he's using. And I think. I think he used with his team when he told everybody to hit the portal um, when he got there. I didn't really love that. Um, you know, I think this is one of those things that he's going to do stuff his way and going to get it figured out. Um, 
their offensive line is terrible. So I mean, he's not really wrong. <laughs> so, but at the same time, like Shadur Sanders spends a lot of time running for his life. Yes. Um, right. But anyway, let, let's give let's give the full scope of of all of these comments, and then we can talk about it thematically. If we will. <laughs> sure. Sure. So we had that. Um, we have our guy, Pat Narduzzi, the Narduz. Um, after, after Pitt uh, just got just mollywopped by Notre Dame. They lost by 50, I think, to Notre Dame. Um, not a great day. Given up as a proud defensive guy, giving up that many points to this Notre Dame offense. Um, you know, not your best work. The Pitt super weapon we thought was maybe warming up. Uh, but they get FSU this week, so we'll we'll keep an eye that there's there's an opportunity for redemption there for the super weapon. But Narduzzi basically after the game um does the we lost a lot of players last year. Uh thought we could replace them. Guess we can't <laughs> kind of thing. And it was a little direct as far as just, you know, throwing all of his players under the bus. Um, he kind of did the attempted to like, but it starts with me. I got to coach better. You know, I take all the blame. Like he, he, he did like multiple layers of it starts with me. I get all the blame. I'm to blame. Like, cause I think he realized, yeah, I think he realized what he said, but he, um, he's like a, a grade a sore loser. Um, yeah, he's not good on the loop. It's, it's been better at losing than Matt Pat Narduzzi. The, right. the world-class Hall of Fame athlete. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, and then we had Dabo in the coaches show just put on an, a performance for the ages, absolutely dressing down this fan Tyler uh, that called in that invoked uh, some some of the book of Proverbs in his question. Um, I want to first go on the record and clear up. I did not call into the coaches show as Tyler. <laughs> it to, was not to, to, set, to set Dabo up. <laughs> um, someone did mention that he is taking the Mike Francesa route, though. If he's going to be like this with questions, people are definitely going to start calling into the coaches show and trolling him with questions now. Um, so he's he's headed on the Mike Francesa train. Uh, so fine for us, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. I actually like. The first like couple minutes of the Dabo rant, I was kind of rocking with it. I was like, you know, I... <laughs> well, dude, he went on for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, I was kind of rocking with it. Like he, I mean, he didn't need to be so ultra defensive. Um, but like, I loved how dismissive he was <laughs> talking to the guy. Like he said the guy's name, like Tyler, and like, well, listen, Tyler. Like anytime you use someone's name and, and like as dismissive, <laughs> it was the derisive tone that we're talking about. Like, yes, yes, it was so derisive. Um, I thought he actually like I was kind of rocking with everything you said, and then he started kind of just. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I decided I wanted to play Division One football. Walked on at Alabama. Lettered three years. I decided I wanted to get into coaching. Became a head coach. I decided I wanted to get married. Got married. I decided I want to have three kids. Had three kids. And it was like, okay. It was like, it, it got really weird, like, super fast. Like, the, like I do what I want. <laughs> the bullet points of of uh, a football coach guy giving you his uh, bona fides there on uh, on why he was <laughs> why how he's the man and has made good decisions um i think underpinning all of it was sort of like a little bit of uh clearly some frustration like i think he's frustrated with how the season's going too uh, the guy's question was wildly offensive <laughs> that he i thought that he asked like telling him he was super arrogant to his face calling him uh who was the bowden jeff who is the bowden that was the coach Terry, there jeff bobby it, it wasn't Terry, was it? 
Was it Jeff? It was Jeff. Um, yeah, I mean, he started off with saying, like, this is Jeff Bowden all over again. Um, and, I, and I was like, oh, okay, that's an interesting tone setter. Yeah. Then he, like, brings the Bible in, tells him he's being arrogant and prideful, and then says, why are we paying you $11 million a year to go four and four? And, like, that's, like, you hear, like, there's multiple, like, pashaws from Devo as he's, like, getting his question off. Like, this question went on for way too long, too. It was awesome. It was a quintessential college football. Again, this is what we needed. So, anyway, I think I might be back on Dabo, on Team Dabo. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. But I think, well, this season in general has been big for coaches' shows, right? We've had, I think so. Like, uh, James Franklin having the why don't we just chuck it deep conversation uh, with whatever fan that was. Right. And then there was earlier in the season. Just chuck um, it deep. <laughs> what, what was the school who – it was like the Coors Light coaches' show – uh, there was a no- this was like week one or two. I'll go through our texts, okay, to figure out what it was. But all in all, 2023, big year for coaches' radio shows, right. they're back. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad those are keeping the AM waves popping. The coaches' radio show, like that is a, a, a campy thing that is still going on that I'm really happy. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Jason, you, you, uh, you have any global, global takes here? You need to get off on any of these guys. I mean, I think we have some. It, we're running the, the the full gamut here of. Uh... Yeah. I mean, I think. Listen, I you know I worked with. First of all, I want to interject. It is snowing so hard in this NIU Central Michigan game. Oh. Like they oh, are. Toledo Buffalo is getting hit hard too. And I'm sure it's, there's like a minute left in the second half, and they're already shoveling off the five yard lines, and it's wild. Um, J- Jason, before I I did find the text. If okay. I could revisit the big year for coaches shows. Uh, this, as you guys will remember, was the uh, Jay Norvell, Deion Sanders beef oh. that uh, <laughs> came as a result of the Coors Light Jay Norvell coaches show powered by Lear- Learfield. Love it. Learfield, for those wondering, is literally just the, the third party people that handle all of the sponsorships for a lot of college sports teams. Anyways. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I think personally, love uh, I love coaches' radio shows. I think they're super wholesome and uh, like a staple of college football that you don't get anywhere else. Like yes. every like a couple times each year, we'll get like the person that calls into Sabins and he's like a giant small <laughs> with them and like kind of kind of low key hilarious about it and so, yeah. yeah, just stuff like that is wonderful to me. Um, but yeah, we you know I, I did media training with a whole lot of teams in my career. And one thing that we always put in media training was locker room conversations stay in the locker room. And every coach that I ever gave one of those trainings in front of was like, yeah, definitely. You know, you're getting a lot of trouble if you do that. And then it's just a lot of coaches go ahead and do that anyways. Um, mm. So I have never been a fan of it, ever. Uh, I especially don't like it. Like, particularly, like, Deion Sanders, I don't love that he talks about talent, but he didn't recruit most of the people on that team. Um, Pat O'Dizzi's been at Pittsburgh for like nine years. Yes. Like, if Pittsburgh's not talented enough, it's 100% your fault. And you had Kenny Pickett last year, and you have this, the, or something like that was two years ago, wasn't it? Two years ago. Um, and you've gone backwards since then. So, like, I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't love that. I don't love it at all. Well, so, you, had Kenny, you had Kenny Pickett on, like, a legitimately very good team, and you had the best offense you've ever had. And yeah. you – Fire you decided the, you, to walk away from that. You decided that you didn't like that, and you 
basically run off the offensive coordinator who willfully goes and joins a like sinking ship Nebraska program with a lame duck coach. And um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, you lose you lose a quarterback too, but just interesting. Certainly interesting decision making. I mean, college football guys are interesting because sort of the college football i think these guys try to do like styles make fights thing like way too hard sometimes it's like no this is how i do it man <laughs> it's like then you're like well i mean i don't really maybe think you should do it that way anymore so yeah. anyways my, my general thesis is i don't love all of this but i don't know i'm not the ones playing on the team a lot of pit players quote tweeted the various media um I guess dictations on the Pat Darmdeasy quote, and that's not a great look. Um, no, no. Shouts out T's and P's for Pitt's football SID. That's going to be weird because there's a very good chance, knowing how various coaches act—not necessarily Narduzzi, but most coaches—the uh, SID will get blamed for the players dumbly tweeting out their opinions on Pat Narduzzi's quotes. So. Um, anyways, wonder like so so do you think Deion Sanders is too online to have like his offensive lineman popping off like that on Twitter? I don't know if I don't know how well there are some schools and I don't know if Deion's one of these. It would seem weird too in today's day and age, but there was a lot of a lot of popularity behind you know, players can't use social media during the season and that sort of thing. Obviously, that is not Dion certainly does. He hops into the yeah. Menchies. You see Dion in the Menchies a lot. Oh, yeah. sure. he, he gets in the reply, guys. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, she raises an entire branch. She got in trouble what, two weeks ago because somebody put out an Instagram post during halftime on his account. Um, so like, that's not a thing. Right. So I don't know if it's that his guys just love him that much and they're just like, oh, maybe he's right. Um, or if they, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's just got better control of the locker room and. Yeah, but, but if it's the fact that Pitt's two and six, and the, he's a and Narduzzi's in danger of losing the locker room even without saying dumb stuff, but oh yeah, sure, I mean, I, I, think, I think any of the stuff yeah. from Colorado players. If any of these guys were seven and one or or eight and zero, oh, we would not be having these conversations. Not, so like these guys, everybody's a, is a like psychopath, uh, com- competitionaholic, um, that probably you know doesn't take very well to losing, and that's like what un- underpins all of it, but. Um, if you get it, yeah. If you get a chance to run through the entire Davo spiel, it is just tremendous yeah, from start I, to finish. I get to do that, but I am. Oh, it's really, 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 really good. So, <laughs> I, I had avoided it for a while, and then there was a comprehensive breakdown uh, that I heard today, and it was I was lull, I was like laughing out loud just hearing some of this stuff that I like. Honestly, it's not that like I agree with Davo because I kind of think he's. I don't necessarily think the guy is yeah, wrong, but like in, in Dabo's delivery is poor, but like, I don't know. It was really good content. This guy like, yeah, yeah. Give it to him. Like kind of like, you know, the striking back a little bit, you know, it's Suck it, nice. Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Tyler. Yeah. You better come correct next time. So anyhow. All right. Well, we can get off this. Um, Connor Stallions is back in the news. Our guy um, in a bigger way. Fears <laughs> that he may have. <laughs> absolutely hysterical way speaking yeah. of the team mentioned about four minutes ago <laughs> right um he showed up on the sideline uh, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. A, a, a guy who looked a lot like connor stallions and was doing a lot of connor stallions things with the denny's menu writing stuff down looking intently at the other sideline for whoever central michigan was playing like michigan state yeah like do like full-on fist pumping fist hardcore pump, yeah. like um 
And uh, <laughs> so we're, there's been an investigation launched into who this man was. I love that Jim McElwain is there uh, also, which yeah. is just a delightful wrinkle in all That's of this on the sideline. I mean, hilarious. This guy is on the sideline in full Central Michigan gear, cheering and like <laughs> ostensibly coaching up the boys. And um, <laughs> I mean, if, if we find out that he'd been doing this and like <laughs> busting into like max programs, coaching staffs, I'm going to love it. Exactly the point where nothing you could tell me about this would shock me. Like this yeah. is the funniest. And again, I will repeat again. I hope it stays pointless funny and not he has the, the perfect amount of Absolutely. normal football guy look like he's kind of just kind of got the box goatee he can wear well, sunglasses yeah, like he's kind of non non get up was he like he found whatever <laughs> coaching shacket was going to match the other assistants yes which is impressive uh he also wore sunglasses and got the goatee going and then you could tell, like, there was one clip where an injured player appeared to come off the field in his vicinity. And so he knew the cameras were going to be on him. And he kind of did the, like, pull the hat down and tucked his chin a little bit. So he went, it was so perfect. Yeah. This is my favorite thing that's happened in a long time. And it's a shame. It must be silly, but, like, like you said, he kind of looks like general football you know, offensive analysts, but at the same time, like, Central Michigan came out and was like, uh, we're checking on this. And you would think if it was a person on the staff, they'd be like, oh, no, that's Ryan Jones or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah, no one can Carl. identify this guy. <laughs> and they happen to be playing Michigan State. So weird how this worked out. I really just want the like there to be a situation in which like he was given a headset in like one of these games. Like he just showed up like on the sideline for like Northern sort of Illinois and like the, the the GA came over and brought him his headset. And he's like he's 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 doing the milk the cow and like the different hand signals because <laughs> he knows him. I mean he clearly knows him. Yeah. So you know he he, he can he can figure Gosh. it out. Uh, I mean this as hopefully long as it stays in this exact category yes. there's I, there's nothing as long I as this stays but... in the Bishop Sycamore zone, as we yeah. like to refer to it, we we you know the documentary is going to absolutely go crazy when, oh when it gosh, comes out about this. Yeah, um, so that's that that's I think my question at this point is like, what's the best way to tell this story? Is it going to be a Netflix series? Is it going to be like a two-hour thirty for thirty? Right. Is it going to involve a book deal? Some existing. combination of the three. Joseph Gordon-Levitt stars as this guy. Connor Stallions. I want a documentary followed by a drama series, followed by, like, I want all, I'll consume it all. Whoever's making these. It's I like the OJ, like the OJ situation. Like you have Ross yeah. from Friends just yeah. like randomly like throwing everything off. Like I can't take this one seriously because Ross from Friends is in it. I just, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. For that reason, I'm out. Too high. He must have done a good job, but it's it's, it's Ross from Friends. So um, anyhow. All right. Well, so that's what we have in off field news. I don't know that we need to update the coaching, uh, the hot seat carousel. I think that continues to plot on in the same way. Um, I, I would think Alex Grinch is on the hot seat at USC, oh, but who's to say? Yeah. They only gave up 49 points to Cal this weekend and needed a two-point conversion escape. So yeah. things are going right. well there. So we going to be a four-hour podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So. Let's talk, let's talk some football games. So we had the tasting menu. 
we'll get right to it. South Carolina was at Texas A&M. Not great. Did nothing for me. Did nothing for me. South so Carolina. Not awesome. Uh, Coach Shane, just got you know, got my beady eye on the situation there. It's weird. Questions. Yes. Yes. Okay. UVA at Miami. Ah, another another week That's goes tough. by. Another week goes by. Another Mario Cristobal reward for being an absolute coward at the end of a game. Um, UVA, you know. Feel free to score a touchdown in overtime and, and not leave it up to your defense. That kind of was wearing down a little bit in the sort of towards the end there. Um, not a banner Tyler Van Dyke performance. Um, I think the broken finger maybe is bugging him, but Jordan and I were talking. There's there's something weird with the, the Tyler Van Dyke situation. He seems like he, he should be better than he is. Um, I'm not really sure why he kind of ebbs and flows so greatly, but... Oh well, yeah, and he got to help pick the offensive coordinator. Yeah, so. right. Yes. So uh, UVA goes down in overtime. A valiant effort by the Who's. This is very similar to that Clemson game last week, though. UVA was kind of up, like on the verge of being up comfortably, and then it all kind of went away very fast uh, for UVA to get into overtime, and and then you know from there it was kind of just stuck in the mud. Yeah, they really missed their opportunity. I think first half early second half when some of those red red zone trips turned into field goals yeah. rather than cracks at feasible touchdowns um they also gave up six sacks to miami uh, i think they had only given up two against north carolina so this was very much a game they could have probably should have won in regulation right um but yeah in that scenario you kind of need to pitch a close to perfect game and they did not um, also disappointed in the lack of aggression at the end of the first half. Um, they seemed content to just kind of dilly dally around and not turn the ball over, uh, which I think when you're in that situation on the road, big underdog, like you need as many possessions as you can so you can take a run at it and put put the pressure on Miami. Like there is no pressure on you yeah. to, to protect anything. Well, like, and giving the ball back to Miami time. there just gives the, the ball back to a bad struggling Miami offense with no time left. So right. Yeah. And you're getting one of those to like, start the next half. Yeah. So like, it's like the, the two for one, that two for one thing. Right. By a field goal and then getting the ball at, to start the half could have been huge, but a fitting, a fitting tribute to Mario Cristobal at the end of the first half there by the who's. So yeah, <laughs> love, so, love to see that. Uh, Virginia's got to win out to go six and six. So we'll see. <laughs> we will. Georgia Tech this they weekend. Control, they still control their own destiny as it relates to bowl. So. <laughs> okay. That's right. That's good. Um, one team that doesn't, unfortunately, is the Jamie Dukes. Uh, ODU was at JMU. It was homecoming. A lot of notable Harrisonburg luminaries. I saw Harrisonburg High School luminaries. streaks um, were in town. Right, right. Some some truly shocking imagery coming across my screen. Um, but love to see it. <clears throat> the vibes were up. Close one for the Dukes. This one, not my Giants. We got a bit nerdy, fellas. Um, yeah, I think um, you, you know the, the, the Dukes won thirty to twenty-seven. Um, but they didn't score in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I don't know. I think, I guess, the, the defense probably due for a, a middling game 
uh, after a couple months of superhuman performance. But um, that being said, they still got a safety. They still, you know, did their thing. They um, Jalen Green, who stud defensive end, got like two and a half sacks and with three more tackles for loss. He was the national defensive player of the week. Um, but yeah, I, you know, ODU, I think ODU matched up well with us, and that's what I was a little bit afraid of. So I'm, you know, I, I said last week, I thought we were going to dominate this game or lose, and so they proved me wrong, which is nice of them. But um, yeah, so so ODU runs uh, the their little split stack wide receivers. They run hmm. two receivers on either side all the way out to the sideline, one on top of the other. And they probably threw... That's Bryles, that Bryles coaching tree. Yeah, they probably threw 20 to 25 little quick screens to the back receiver on either side. Um, And and I don't blame them at all. I think that's a really good way to attack JMU's secondary um, because we, you know, we give a a thick cushion. And so if that up wide receiver gets the first guy blocked, the second guy's like guaranteed seven yards, like without before he even has to break a tackle, and so they picked up a lot of yards just doing that. Um, the rush defense gave up like 120 yards, which wasn't ideal. Um, but offense looked fine. Running game has some problems. I think we lost. We we already had like our first team all conference tackle, offensive tackle out for the season back in like week one or two. Uh, we lost the other one for the season on a mm. like interception return tackle at the end of the half. It was very frustrating. Um, but so that's a bummer. Not good for the run game, but um, I don't know. Next man up. So, hey, the Dukes are hitting no. They're playing, playing in the afternoon slot on ESPN2 next week. The 19th ranked Dukes. 23rd. <clears throat> oh, I saw 19 in one of the polls. Sorry. Um, oh, it was probably the... FPI or something. No, uh, we'll no longer have the number next to our game name as everybody shifts to the playoff rankings, which is oh, that's right. Strange, but that's true. I forgot to mention the playoff rankings are out. No surprises there. We can punt that to next week. Well, the one surprise is that Clemson continues to get disrespected by the playoff committee. It <laughs> happened at the end of last year, and it's happening now. And I want to stand for it. Yes, that's right, Clemson. Okay, Tennessee was at Kentucky. Um, Tennessee kind of looked like they were going to cruise away, and then Kentucky sort of got back into this one a little bit. Um, Kentucky scored more than I was expecting. We were sort of tracking this game. I was having a tough time, like, really getting deep into it. Um, I, I, th- I don't know. I think I was okay with con- probably the best Devin Leary performance of the season, if I had to yeah. take a guess. He threw for, like, 330 yards, I think. So that's cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, both these teams, I think, are – pretty good Tennessee seems like they've kind of like figured out how to win some games um makes the Florida result all the more curious kind of like as Tennessee continues to like look pretty impressive um do you think the Florida game was kind of a come to Jesus moment for Tennessee potentially of like whoa we need to we need to hit reset and really probably really make some concerted changes Rather than just like, oh, we can, we lost a close one. We can keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, that 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 might be a good point. Um, but I think even before the Florida game, Tennessee had been like a little bit different identity of a team. They've been running it a lot better uh, earlier in the year. I just think 
Florida got him off the field a few times and, and jumped on him in that game. And <clears throat> it was sort of the, the classic, like you're going to lose to, you're going to lose to like Florida. If you play exactly into the exact like game plan <laughs> for Florida. Yeah. So, but I think you're probably onto something there. Like maybe they realized they need to stop trying to do the sort of square peg round hole or whatever version of, of that um, little idiom is uh, with, you know, their quarterback and, you know, I think Milton's okay. I think they've kind of come to grips with the fact that like Milton's okay and they can let him run and, and kind of roll out a little bit, but they don't need to just be like taking, I don't think they're an offense. That's going to be quick strike, deep shot offense, which is probably what they idealized um, for a good like portion of the season. And maybe they still do, but they're, they seem like a, just a tougher team now. Yeah. I think that's good. Which I think is a surprise given like they went to the toe with Kentucky. Also, I saw like Mark Stoops is, in his last like 30 SEC games, he's like 12 and 19 or something. It's just kind of weird because I always feel like Kentucky's like pretty good. Um, sure. But it sort of seems like they kind of hover around 500 in the SEC more often than not, which is probably batting above the normal Kentucky line. But yeah, uh, it's probably maxed still, out Kentucky. Still, like yeah, like we've talked about, it's probably very cool. why he should take the Michigan State job. Thank you, Jordan. See, welcome to the resistance. Love it. All right, Ohio State at Wisconsin. This one was pretty gross. Checked in on this as well. Didn't love really a lot of what I was seeing there. But Ohio State continues to kind of be able to win games, grinding things out, and just absolutely ramming the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. If he gets hurt, they are so boned. But yeah. until then, they they are going to probably win all their games until they make it to the playoff. And I guess Michigan is going to be interesting, but that's going to be two two really really good defenses going against each other, and one team's going to know the other team's signs. So, yeah, I think uh, Ohio State getting Travion Henderson back was also important. He's very fast. This Wisconsin game, like he, yeah, he doesn't seem to have quite the wiggle back yet but like north and south he is so fast he hits it very hard yes um and yeah like like we've talked about in previous episodes the the ohio state offensive coaching room continues to find out ways both creative and uncreative to get marvin harrison jr very wide open it is yeah it's impressive potentially one of the most impressive things in college football right now is that you have the clear best player at his position in the country. Potentially at any position, but yes. And he still will catch balls without anybody within 15 yards. Like over the middle too. Not even just like they somehow like confuse a, like a do a switch release, like stack release thing all the time. And eventually like get him open. It's like, he'll be just yeah, like, they, like they gagging over the middle. And there's yeah. a couple of times where like the, uh, the field umpire has been used as an obstacle, uh, whether intentionally or not. He learned uh, that from his dad. Say. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah. Good for Ryan Day, coaching the boys up. I'll, uh, I'll give him credit where credit is due. Absolutely. Um, all right. Was there any other results you needed to touch on? Hey, uh, um, shout out to Georgia Tech. They did oh. it. They took down North Carolina. Um, Do we need to put Mac Brown on the hot seat? Do we need to warm the seat up? Um, I mean, I think the seat is warm just because I, I feel like he's probably a flight risk for retirement here pretty soon anyway. There is every year. Yeah. Do they have a transition, like an announced transition plan there? I feel like he's big transition plan guy. See, that was the original, wasn't it? What? Weren't, weren't they the original, like, head coach in waiting? 
Yeah, Muschamp was his head coach That's in Louisiana, and and then it didn't work out and didn't for anybody. Break. Actually, it didn't work out for Florida. It didn't work out for Texas. It's just like nobody. It just like helps it's zero fun. people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Jordan, you want to quickly take us through Pickville? Was not a banner week for the boys, if I recall correctly. Uh, Jason squeaked out an alleged profit, a hypothetical (laughs) profit. That's what we'll say, depending on unit allocation. Right. Um, Jason went three and two. Logan, you and I went one and four. Mm. The consensus went one and two. A lot of red on the grid for week (laughs) nine. That's tough. The grid. Um, As he just looks up in disgust at the grid. Oklahoma was at Kansas. Shout out to Kansas, man. Like. Jason being them boys. We had a weather delay involving lightning. Um, yeah, like the snow, amount of snow lightning, right? Around. Wasn't it like 40 degrees and it's like it almost was very cold? Yeah. yeah. The, like lightning. the entire Midwest last weekend and going into this week looks very cold. Um, so ice fishing is, is right around the corner. Get excited. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought. Oklahoma had several opportunities to like create some separation here and they yeah. just didn't. And uh, old Mr. Bean at quarterback, like he is also very fast and they have continued to figure out how to use that to their advantage. Um, that's a really impressive win by, by Kansas. Yeah, considering so. that, I mean, he is the backup quarterback too. So, I mean, that's yeah. still. And their starter is like good. Like, he's a very yes. good quarterback. Right. Yeah. Curious. So. Uh, Oklahoma was doing the thing the past. Co- I mean, they looked like they had a loss in them. Um, they kind of messed around with UCF way too much last week. Are you a, a UCF team <coughs> that got pounded by like West Virginia this weekend or something like that? So, you know, this no, one was probably, I mean, they were probably due, but I mean, I'm you jumped. didn't expect the defense to gack it up. Yeah, that was right. I jumped when they they killed the lightning delay. Then I was like, all right, Oklahoma had the momentum, so I had the I had the protest written. But like, Oklahoma had plenty of opportunities in the yeah. second half. They, I mean, they came out of the delay and scored two quick touchdowns to go up. Right. Kansas just kept punching back, and like credit to them, man. Like they they just beat Oklahoma, and they were. Kansas' scheme is so fun and creative. Like, they motion everybody in every direction, and they're, like, swinging fullbacks out. And, like, it's – I have not watched enough Kansas this year. They are so fun and, like, why – like, they do so many things on, like, pre-snap offense where you're like, is that – maybe not, is it, that didn't seem like it would be me because why wouldn't everybody do it? And um, I, I just love watching them. And I, I think they're – and I've – I feel like I was an early adopter of this, but I think there's a case to be made that Lance Leopold might be one of the most talented coaches in the country. Like, sure. Like, yeah. I think Spencer, the Spencer Hall said it in his like top whatever that he puts out every week, but like everybody gives probably a little too much credit to people who win where you're supposed to win, where you have tens of millions of dollars more than everybody else. Like winning at Kansas and winning at Kansas State and winning at Duke for so many years and winning, you know, winning at these places. I think deserves more credit than it gets. And so I, I am hugely on the Lance Leopold coaching train. Yeah. I think that offensive, like all of the pre-snap motion and window dressing, like I think the way they do it is so elite. And I think it's what like Robert and I thinks he's doing. 
like he likes to do a lot of that, yeah. but it's it's very bland. And oh, and like, like, I don't think Romeo Nice uh, has an actual agenda. I think he doesn't. And then it's like, but anyways, we're gonna do this play. We're so, yes, you were doing things. <laughs> right. Like the defense is confused. They've got to be confused. Like our defense was confused in practice. Like yeah, because you had guys I won't mention coaching your defense. Um, no, Leopold like doesn't. It, it's all it all has a reason. It all connects. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, the cocktail party. Let's rip the bandaid off. Georgia, Florida. Yeah. Started well for the Gators. Great and, drive uh, right down the field for the Gators. Slammed one in. Um, they got the, the sort of second quarter, they got avalanched sort of in the like end of the first quarter through like halfway through the second quarter. Um, there yeah. was a, there was 26 points in less than 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, there was a Florida had the ball and appeared to gain a first down. Um, there was like a stoppage and I think Kirby asked for them to review the spot. They moved the ball back a long way, which was dubious. This is not the reason Florida lost by 40, but um, certainly like, and then I think Florida ran some either punted or ran some sort of like iffy gadget situation play right after that. Um, so Florida turns the ball over. Uh, I think Georgia gets Florida gets the ball back. We have a strip sack. Um, so Georgia, I think scored on like two or three short fields and had a blocked punt go out of the back of the end zone for a safety all in like very short order there. Um was but yeah. yeah and there was so i mean it was it was pretty much over at that point we didn't really watch a ton of it, it seems like florida was able to string together a couple drives there at the end but um same almost exact score as last year so congratulations to the gators they um have made one point of progress uh and brock bowers didn't play in this game so uh i don't know i think you really needed the defense to show up in a big way and i think putting the defense in like the worst possible spots repeatedly is not a recipe for success. Um, you know, the, the, I think Georgia plays a little soft on the first drive, typically uh, just to kind of figure out what's going on. And Florida took advantage of that and looked like they were multiple. They were getting the ball to Trey Wilson. Um, the first drive looked really good. And it seemed like they, the, the right tackle had a bad day. I'll say that also. So the, the game is about blocking and tackling and Georgia is better at both of those things than Florida right now. Uh, and until that changes in the trenches, I don't think many teams, let alone Florida, are going to have a chance uh, against Georgia. Yeah, that's Makes fair. Uh, Oregon at Utah also Ooh. took place at 3.30. Mercy. Oregon looks good. Yeah, Oregon looks awesome. This was a buzzsaw. Oregon looks I, like I, they, they could be best team in the country good, and it's wild to think that they like kind of just coughed up a game earlier this year. But So I part of me wants to dial the Oregon like lust down a little bit <laughs> just because I think we maybe got too enamored with Utah and the backup quarterback because of what they did against USC. Oh, that's we need, probably we true. We need to recall – what USC is and who they are as we continue to get more evidence. Um, but Oregon put this game away early against that Utah defense, though. I mean, they took it right to them. Yeah. Um, At Utah. I, yeah, I think I think that's the most impressive thing is that I was not sold on Oregon and or Bo Nix as a road unit. Um, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of streaks ended for Utah. 
in, in this yes. game in terms of home wins, home wins against, you know, top 25, top whatever teams. Um, so good for Oregon. They, I think Herb Street said in the ranking show this evening, like, that is the team who I would not want to play. If, if I got to pick one to avoid, that's the one I want to avoid. Yes. So. I'm with that. Um, we didn't watch a ton of this, but it seemed like it was it got out of hand pretty quick. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of reason to to keep locked on it. Yeah, as they say, Utah just not not built to come back from multiple scores down. You know, they have a tough time with that. So probably the rent came due with the quarterback situation there for Utah again against a really good Oregon team. And yeah, if Oregon can keep this up, they look. I mean, I'm 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 Oregon loving Washington 2.0. Yes. <laughs> I'm loving I'm loving that rematch. So, anyhow, game numero quattro was also at 3:30. This was Duke at Louisville. This is also one the Florida contingent did not watch much of because wasn't much of a contest. Uh, yeah, I had misplaced faith in Duke. Um, Riley Leonard continues to do the like. I'm going to give it a go and warm ups thing when you should probably like take a day off, man. Like we call that the cam rising. Do we want to put it at, at look at me, Leonard territory? I don't is, think is that... that's it. I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't hate that Jordan. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> well, consider your, consider your allies, but yeah. I don't, I don't hate that. No, I mean, I, I, I don't think that he's. I, I think Logan, he's, you guys can't see this, but it's Halloween night, and Logan is dressed as a devil on Jordan's shoulder, and I am dressed as an angel on Jordan's shoulder. <laughs> yes, angel. That's that's, that's obviously we are. That's what everybody. Real thin. That's what everybody track. sees me as. <laughs> With the yumpas, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the other thing too is that Louisville's been kind of like a little bit schizo, and you know, especially. I, at we, home, we, at the slice. we all watched way too much of that North NC State game that was like scarred four us. weeks ago. It scarred, scarred us. us. I thought Louisville was terrible. Then they beat the brakes off of Notre Dame, and I thought they were awesome. And then they just kind of like fell victim to the pit super weapon. Fell, fell victim to Pitt, a team that just gave up fifty points to Notre Dame, and <laughs> you know, and then they beat the brakes off of Duke. So you know, they're having a, a bit of a like they're like super Georgia Tech. Well, you they want to be in the ACC thing. Coastal so bad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's probably true. You gotta remember this is the, the University of Louisville, which inspired the, the meme of um like the it's from some movie, but the lady like screaming back into the back seat of like, why can't you just be normal? And oh, it's yeah. just a Louisville Cardinal screaming back and it, they <laughs> can never do anything normal. So this is very important. As a reminder, the Louisville Cardinals basketball team lost to a D two team the other night and almost caused a meltdown in Kentucky. So this Shout is out to them for out. tweeting it though. Like huh? Yeah. Shout out to them for a they they final, the final score. I don't know if I would have, honestly. This is why you like fans don't always like it, but UVA has religiously had closed scrimmages under yeah. Tony Bennett. Um, and it completely prevents scenarios like this from happening where your socials person has to tweet out that, you know, uh, Louisiana. Presbyterian just just beat your basketball team or right. whoever it may be. But. That's smart. 
no one's getting hyped about exhibitions. Why even like what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, Anyways. good for Jeff Brom. What are you we doing? We're talking about <laughs> Sincerely good for Jeff Brom. That's why he like, came. That's why he came home to win games he like came this. home. Uh, the coach coaching at your alma mater so far is going okay for him. So Guys, sure. speaking of all of this, we totally forgot Dave Doran post game after the when oh, we were talking gosh. about coaches giving giving Steve Smith the business. Steve Smith <laughs> Senior, like Steve Smith Senior, the business yeah. for for not Stephen A. Which would have been Correct. similarly awesome um, and noteworthy, just because I love Stephen A. content more than most things. But um, yeah, anyhow, there was—I mean, I mean, he was—he was like mad. He was mad. Well, he, mad. Was, he was big mad. And he has <laughs> he has most emotion I've ever seen out of Dave Doran, Dave Doran. most milk toast um, dude on earth. He has since said that they have spoken on the phone and everything's fine. But I—I—if <laughs> I knew Dave Doran's SID, I would recommend he smooth things over with Steve Smith Senior as fast as possible as well. <laughs> like, Multiple this people is like dude. That in the NFL was considered a locker room nut job and yeah. fighting people all the time. Like, so like. Okay. Who very recently like was publicly beefing while working for NFL Network on the sideline with an active yeah. receiver in the NFL, <laughs> just just torching him. Um, anyhow, it was great. Steve, yeah. Steve Smith Senior called NC State of Basketball School. It was a throwaway joke. Didn't really make. He was the guest picker on game day, and uh, we got some Dave Doran's like, "We're not a basketball school." Steve Smith can kiss my ass after the game. It was like just prime coach yeah. coach talk. So anyhow, all right. Wanted to mention that that was beautiful. Um, Steve Smith Senior went to Utah. Anyways, continue. Yeah, me too. Oh, Colorado yeah. UCLA, the last one. Oh, that's right. The bell of the ball. Well, we got we, we got, got backdoor here. We got hosed here. Yeah, pretty pretty bad. Dion hates yeah. the wheel route consensus, but that's right. You know. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't watch it down to this because I was at Bridgeforth, but I remember seeing the, the alert come across. And I mean, know. if UCLA, so I think in the first half UCLA was winning at halftime, like seven to six, I believe was the score. And UCLA had four first half turnovers, and I think missed a, a field goal. Um, oh, it felt great. It felt great at halftime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I really figured that uh, UCLA like probably was gonna. I think they scored like. In a two, they had like a two or three play drive right out of the half. That was like, oh yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, it was like bing bang boom touchdown. Their defense is awesome. Cover city, here we come. Their defense is really good. Uh, The quarterback situation for UCLA continues to be a bit befuddling. They don't really like. They don't really seem like they're doing like Chip Kelly offense things. They just kind of seem like they're just throwing stuff at the wall and see see what fits and sticks. So I don't know. Yeah, so the the kid they started, like the the commentators made a point to say, like, well, he he probably would get more time, but he has a penchant for throwing interceptions, and then <laughs> like, not three like, snaps later, yes, the dude just, just <laughs> I mean, Travis Hunter made a hell of a play on yes, the ball. He made a couple of great ones. It was an interception, nonetheless. <laughs> um, Dubious review situation on that one, but Travis Hunter made two really nice interceptions in this game. Yeah, um, like high-level cornerback play. Uh, so good for good for all involved there. Yep. So that was Pickville, week nine. We did we it. Continue to persevere. Let's take a look at the week 10 slate. Have, uh, yeah, okay. That's right. In the spirit. I have a winning record, so anyways. Continue. In the spirit of the mega episode, we're on to week 10. Let's go through okay. the tasting menu. Notre Dame at Clemson. 
Clemson, will they be fired up by Dabo's radio show antics? Who's to say? Um, I think this game has the potential to be like very boring and Notre Dame will probably win by like 11 points. But you never know. Yeah, it being a nooner, like, I wonder if we get sleepy Clemson. Um, How could they be any sleepier than they've been? They're too, they're terrible. And well, Cade Klubnik is their quarterback. The dude is asleep on the field when he's playing. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is uncharted territory for Clemson at this point. You're true. you're trying to stay above 500 in the first week of November. <laughs> yeah, like, we were we were making jokes. They had two losses in September. They, they're on pace for for two a month. It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not that we take any pleasure in seeing this take place, no. but no, 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 no. I'm going to look at something real quick. I'm going to look at what Clemson has left. I think they're going to be fine, but. I mean, yeah, they got South Carolina possibly. at the end. They do so they South got Carolina. Notre Dame, they got Georgia Tech at home, they got UNC at home, and then they go to South Carolina. They got Georgia Tech after Georgia Tech loses to UVA, which means they, Georgia Tech will be primed to win a football game. Well, so. what, it's it's an even-numbered Georgia Tech game, right? So that's the yeah, ones they've so, been winning? So. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Need two wins from there. Yeah. Anyways, that's the entirety of my thoughts on this game. I'm not going to watch it down to this. Yeah, oh, I'm the, gonna watch. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. The quarterback situation in Clemson is is bad. So, I mean, I don't know how they fix it, especially if they're going to continue to not want to portal in a quarterback that could help them out. Um, I'd love to see Anthony Calandria just out there spinning it for Clemson. No, I'm just kidding. Don't you dare. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, our good. Oh, Tony Elliott also was uh, invoked during the Dabo rant as well. Tony Elliott never called an offensive play in his life. I made him offensive coordinator. He's one of the best damn offensive coordinators I've ever seen. It's like, okay, man, easy, easy. I, I would like to push back yes. on that. Virginia it's fans. Really, I, after you're done with Tyler, let's <laughs> you and I have quick, a conversation. Quick, quick, quick one there. But yeah, it would appear. He has not coached. He has not called plays for a long time. All right. Um, too much on that game. That is fairly inconsequential. FSU at Pitt. Just, you know, you never know. The Pitt super weapon could come alive. Yeah. That's it all. Could. Um, FSU is really good. I don't think this is the type of game that they trip up in, but I believe they have Miami and Florida down the stretch. Uh, so... Potential look-ahead situation. Some potential look-ahead situation. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Find the loss on FSU schedule. It's hard to find. And I don't think – I mean, who are they going to play in the ACC championship game now? Virginia Tech? That's possible. I would I would still guess, like, Louisville. I, I guess Louisville would be the I, – I guess you would say they're the safest bet at this point, but they're – yeah. Sure. In so much as Louisville can ever feel safe, but exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be someone from the Louisville, North Carolina, Miami, um, like group, which is weird. To well, think. and Virginia Tech is at Louisville this weekend. Like that's one I'm interested in. Yeah. Louisville is nine and a half point favorites, but this hmm. feels like a could be a little bit of a hangover game for them after. After their victory, over uh, over, look at me, Leonard and, and the boys from yeah. Duke. Potentially, I don't Fighting I don't know those. that I don't know that uh, a victory over like a absolutely beleaguered and beat down Duke team hits the same, but it could. 
body blow theory. The Elko, t- the Elko defenses really bring it. All right, Jason, the Dukes, they're at Georgia State. You're going to be in attendance? That's the that's the rumors. That's the word on the screen. Oh. Who's to say? Does um, Georgia State play in like a non-Georgia State facility, or do they have their own stadium? Georgia State plays in former Turner Field. Oh, sick. I think. I believe that's still the case. Are you um, going to bring your glove? Catch some foul balls? I might. Let me verify before I just shoot my mouth off and awaken the echoes. Greg Maddox ain't walking through that door. Yeah, the original Olympic Stadium reconfigured into baseball specific Turner Field now serves as Center Park Stadium. Center Park. Home of the Georgia State University Panthers. But some oh, weird yeah. some weird sight lines there. Some weird sight lines. But I'm seeing the Dukes favored by five and a half on the road for this I one. That, I think that sounds about well, I think it opened at like three and a half. So people like the Dukes. Um, trendy pick. I don't know. I think I think Fade the JMU's certainly certainly the better team, uh, possibly the more beat up team. I have no idea on Georgia State's uh, injury stuff. They um, they have an extra two days to prep for this one. They played Georgia Southern on a Thursday last week. Wow! But they right. kind of got knocked around down in Statesboro a little bit. Um, well, you'll remember Georgia, head to the Dukes. You'll remember Georgia Southern. Uh, came to Harrisonburg and themselves got knocked around a little bit. So common opponents leans towards the Dukes. Uh, Georgia State runs the ball a lot, but I think a lot of that is uh, a dual threat quarterback. Lame. Which I'm not, I'm not sure we've um, seen a lot of this year as JMU. So I think Can't this game could go a lot of different directions. It should be interesting. Right. But Georgia State's good. They're 6-2. and two. Bit of a turnaround for the Panthers. Titans of the Sun Belt. Yeah. Okay. Sun Belt East matchup. Speaking of Atlanta franchises, Georgia Tech, the Ramblin' Wreck, they're at UVA, making the trip, the trek to Seaville, um, to play on the CW. To play on the CW again. Hopefully, we get our guy Bates on the call. Maybe we get read a couple F Boy Island spots. Um, yeah, just great. delightful. The CW uh, ref cam that they use is is sweet. It's very yeah. well done. Yeah. The did you see when did you see the the UVA game when they got the interception at the very end against North Carolina and like the ref was doing the catch signal and you could see the ref's like hands in front of his face. It was awesome. Yeah. The hat with balls. Yes. The multiple the gesticulating wildly. Um. But yeah, no. I uh, don't know what to think about this. Georgia Tech seems to be like. I I mean, this is a no shade to Georgia Tech as as a UVA fan. Um. Like seems like they're pretty competent. Like they got competent pretty quickly. Uh, I don't. I think they might. What What's the line here? Would take a guess, Logan. Georgia Tech plus a half. Jason, have you seen this line? I haven't. I'm gonna say Georgia Tech minus. Sorry, minus Georgia Tech minus a half. One and a half. Virginia is favored by two and a half points in this game. Yeesh. That's interesting to me. I don't. It's very I, interesting. I don't know on what such, basis. Such respect for the who's. Yeah, I don't know what. Well, what probably bit. closer to two, depending on who. Common opponent. I mean, Georgia Tech absolutely just gave it to Miami. You know, a very clear and decisive victory there. That certainly They've no, also nobody both has beaten North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. so. It's just such a weird, <laughs> such such weird season for the who's. The who's are probably better than one or two wins, but I don't know that they're, they're... better than two and. Six, but they're they're not like definitely four and four, which is weird. Yeah, 
I think that's correct. And what's Georgia Tech? Four and are they four and four? Or are they three and five? Okay. Four and four. Hmm. hmm. Well, it's an odd number game, so the Hoos are rightfully favored because uh, Georgia Tech will, you know, gack it up. Cold weather in Seaville, a lot of ball handling in that Georgia Tech offense. Just kidding. The leaves are gonna be looking crisp. Haynes King probably going to be too cold to do anything effectively. <laughs> That's right. It's Haynes King. Oh, man. Jeez, Haynes King. A name that will never not make me smile just a little bit uh, when I see him out there in the gold helmet. Should be a fun one. All right. Arkansas at Florida. The The note here is I think Florida would, would like to win this game to get bowl eligible. Um, I think that would be viewed uh, in some ways as a success given the schedule the Gators have. Florida will be wearing their black uniforms uh, at noon for this game um, at home. And if the Georgia Tech subreddit is any indication, uh, it might be Arkansas's time to shot. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Arkansas has been a bit of a mess, and their offensive situation has been objectively bad this year. Um, but KJ Jefferson is a dual-threat quarterback and can make some stuff happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Florida should be a healthy favorite in this game, I would think. What are they, like a seven-and-a-half-point favorite? Six. Okay. So, but I mean, this is also like a weird opponent that Florida has struggled with recently. So I don't think there's any like games to be taken for granted if you're Florida at this point. So uh, it would be, it would be nice for them to show up. I think uh, the center uh, Iguacan got hurt again against Georgia. He's been hurt all year. might be time to maybe just like maybe move on from, thinking he's going to come back every week because it seems like he consistently has, has been hurt and gets hurt. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if Florida can block it up up front, run the ball, and uh, get back to their sort of efficient offensive ways. Uh, that's how they want to win. That's how they should win. Go Gators. Indeed. Uh, before we go to Pickville, just a couple other games that caught my eye. Texas A&M is at Ole Miss. Ooh. I think that one – could could get hairy, could get slippery. Who you know? It's a nooner in the Grove. Yeah. Um, does Jimbo's seat get further sweltering? Does I mean, all Miss to their credit, still only one loss on the year. That's the Alabama game. Yeah. Um, they got some stuff to play for. Uh, the next game that I have circled here is a battle of Big Twelve. Uh, doormats. We've got UCF at Cincinnati. Oof. The sickos out there. Um, Woof. Man, I really wish I would have went harder on OK State minus seven and a half last week because that was <laughs> that was essentially free money. That felt that felt like stealing. <laughs> yeah, I I was a little scared by how free it felt, and I reacted accordingly. Mm. Um, so if you're into if you're into maybe getting nasty, uh, Emory Jones is involved. The Bearcats are four and a half point dogs at home. So something to look at. And then the Kansas Jayhawks we just talked about. They are on the road and playing Iowa State. Frisky Iowa State. By Matt Campbell. Uh, Iowa State favored by two and a half at this point in time over the Jayhawks. Goodness. So this maybe, is a, maybe that's another a... thing to, to keep an eye on. That's a primetime game, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Highly recommend, if you can see it, go watch the Kansas offense work. Yeah. 
Do you prefer watch Kansas some bodies move around like a cyclone? <clears throat> That's right. <laughs> Hell yes. Do you do you prefer watching Kansas to Oregon? Because I really like watching Oregon's offense when they're humming. They I they have, have like I, a, a well constructed is, offense. This is a, a bevy of wealth. This is a you can't go wrong watching these offenses. I think I think Kansas is more fun to watch before the snap, and Oregon, just by nature of having more talent and a yeah. very fun scheme itself, is more fun after the snap. I think I'd make the argument for Kansas just because Mr. Bean is willing to just tuck and sprint. Like, no shade to Bo Nix, but he is nah, limited fun. in what he's... he can do sometimes. Well, formerly, in a former life, Bo Nix was... The volatility was certainly there. He was, he was tucking. Yeah. He was tucking. He was sprinting. He was flanking. Well, he's married now, so he's making business decisions. Yeah, he's thirty-seven years old. I'm proud of him. Yeah, a husband, maybe not a father yet. Who's to say? If Bronco would have recruited him. He might be a father already. But... Twice a father. So yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all ready to go to Pickville? Yes, always. We have five games. Four of them are ranked on ranked. One of them is not, but that's fine. We still love it anyway. The first game of the slate, Kansas State is at Texas. This is a nooner, the Longhorns, favored by four. Let's kick it to our resident Longhorn supporter. His name is Jason Kreck. This is a very difficult game to pick. Um, Ewers is not back, right? Correct. He's out for, like, I think at least two weeks. Another month or something, yeah. Um. Yeah, this is a really hard team to pick. Kansas State is uh, molly walloping people for the last two weeks. Um, they took TCU and admittedly Houston behind the woodshed. Um, they're playing a very a very North Dakota State brand of football, which makes sense given the leadership. Um, it would not surprise me to see them catch Texas off guard with that level of physicality. Uh, I am still going to take Texas because I think there's just more talent across um, across the depth chart, but uh, I don't feel great about it, uh, particularly without Quinn Ewers. Um, but yeah, I, I think for just too small a line for me to feel good picking the Wildcats. All right. I'm also going to take Texas here uh, based purely on home field advantage and also, the potential that, you know, this is not Texas's first week without Mr. Ewers back there. So I think True. we'll have a better handle on how do we want a game plan? How aggressive do we want to be on offense? Do we maybe lean on our defense more and game plan other phases of the ball accordingly? Um, how many steps does Arch get? Right. Mm. Things of that nature. Um has he managed to, to hold on to his student ID for longer than a week? Um, yeah, I'll take Texas. Such a deep uh, cut. <laughs> but with it being a nooner, we've got another sunglasses watch to, to attend to. So excited for that. Yeah, I think there's too many reasons to take Texas here. So for that reason, I'll take Kansas State. Um, seems Perfect. to me... I, I do think that like the brand of football that Kansas State plays is particularly pesky to a team like Texas. Um, Texas also just like doesn't quite seem to have it all the way figured out. I kind of I think we had really, really high hopes for Texas and then just kind of, you know, meh. they they continue to do some 
odd things. Uh, Some juvenile things. Yeah, they, they let teams hang around in games. And, um, you know, playing the backup quarterback is, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he's very good and he is or very talented, I should say. But, you know, we'll see. He looks very cool. The dreads. Awesome. Great. Yes. Great looking, great looking quarterback. I do think there is some, you know, will Arch get any snaps, uh, whispers behind the scenes? Um, you know, I, th- I think there could be some, a bit of a distraction there on like, is Arch going to get to play at all? Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I think Kansas state is ready for ready and up to it. And I think Kansas state beat Texas pretty recently, if I'm not mistaken, this ain't new baby. They okay. do this. All right. Uh, We'll go to 3.30. Missouri is at Georgia. You know, really good to see Georgia get a break here after the cocktail party. They get to go back to the friendly confines of Athens and the Hedges. The dogs are favored at home by 15 and a half. I really want to take Missouri, but they boned me so hard in that LSU game, and I have not forgotten. Um... I am interested to see how how much focus there is from the Georgia side of things, given, like, this is a good Missouri team. This is a capable Missouri team. This is not a, like, oh, we'll sneak up on you and make it close. So I think they're going to get Georgia's attention and concentration. But there is also the, like, man, we just rolled, ran away with the cocktail party again maybe riding a little too high off of that. Um, I'll take Georgia just because I think the talent difference is immense. And Missouri's offense plays in a manner that relies on some things going right. Like, they got to get some breaks to move the ball, especially against Georgia's defense. Uh, The LSU game, they had guys making really good catches, but if a few of those fall incomplete, um, they probably lose that game sooner than they did. So, for this, for these reasons, I will take Kirby Smart and his boys. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to take Georgia as well. I feel like Georgia kind of figured some, exercised some demons a little bit against Florida last week. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen this uh, Missouri team be in dogfights with LSU, like objectively not a great defense, and Kansas State, like probably a defense that is good and tough, but not uh, going to be bringing the same kind of talent to the table as Georgia. Um, I just think Georgia's like the, the line play is going to dictate how this game goes. And I feel like even like sleepy Georgia can kind of slow cooker this two or three score win. So. Yeah. Not to, not to put the consensus in play early, but um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think I would, I like Jordan said, I really want to take Missouri. That's a big line. And you know, Missouri's got some, got some shiftiness to them. But I think uh, Missouri also has a week off. So they've had a week to click on this. There's the threat of the Georgia letdown. Um, all that being said, I don't know, Georgia at home uh, on the CBS game, it's a tough ask. Uh, I think I just had another reason I'm completely forgetting uh don't know where it went, but I'll think of it at the worst possible time, so don't worry about it. Um, okay. But, oh, it's, uh, I think if 
this is a weird thing to say, but I think if Georgia had gotten ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings, I would feel better about Missouri. But I think Kirby <laughs> will genuinely use them getting picked number two as motivation. Oh, yeah. Um, to get things getting get focused. Um, it's a so, great call. Yeah, I, it's really a great call. I love that. I I genuinely think it has to do with something. But um, I would love to take Missouri, but I can't. I do think Georgia is just going to sit on them till they die and win this like twenty six to seven or something like that. So, all right. Game number three. I believe this is the final iteration for the foreseeable future. Yep. Of Bedlam, we've got the Sooners at Oklahoma State in the house that T. Boone built. The Sooners are favored by six points on the road, and Logan gets to start this one. Oh, give me the spiteful home dogs here. Love it. Uh, Oklahoma State runs the ball well. They're tough. They will will be able to keep the game close. Um, I think Oklahoma State. I should. I should. That's what I meant to say. If I didn't say that, Oklahoma State's tough. They run the ball well. They'll try to keep the game close. I think Gabriel. I don't know if people are catching on a little bit to what's going on with Oklahoma, but Gabriel. I mean, we mentioned this in the Texas game. Like, he doesn't have like off the charts arm strength, and Mm -hmm. there's some times where some balls flutter a little bit getting out to some receivers they have some quick hitters they try to hit on the outside that you're kind of like oh boy and uh maybe teams are kind of getting on to that a little bit so um yeah oklahoma state chance to make a statement in the last uh iteration of this game um and only lose by less than six so would love that um fully agree on uh, the Spencer Gabriel. I remember he, I think right after they beat Texas, he was like a trendy, like, oh, I might get an invite to New York. And I was like, you, you guys need to stop this. Come on. Because um, <laughs> that was a sick game, though. He played, he played take away from the Texas game. In that game. Awesome. Yes, that's correct. However, um, last week, I would invite everybody to look at that game film because it was not pretty. But um, so, yeah, I, I fully agree with all that. But that being said, coming off two crappy performances, um, giving less than a touchdown just seems too small to me. Um, I am going to take Oklahoma here. Um, I think Oklahoma State has been rolling against, uh, you know, the last two weeks, certainly. Well, there was Cincinnati this week. At West Virginia was a solid win. I'll give them that one. So I'll withdraw that point. But I do think Oklahoma's got the better defense and the better offense. Um, so getting or giving less than a touchdown, I'm going to take the Sooners. All right. I'm going to ride OK State here. Um, they they just feel like they've, they've got something that is hard to quantify. And, you know, you, you do hate to see it in some regards because it was fun having Gundy on the hot seat when we did. Um, but I will take OK State – uh, rivalry game, emotions are running high, and Oklahoma's defense did not look great from both a positioning standpoint, but just like a tackle people and get them and on the ground. Kansas had them uh, not feeling fun. I will say that it was rough to watch. Oklahoma State has some big receivers and running backs, so yeah. I 
I am curious to see how Oklahoma responds on defense to a kind of lackluster effort and performance in the tackling department from what I saw. So give me the pokes. Game number four, we take it to the Conference of Champions. It's the Pac-12 this time. The Huskies and our sweet boy, Michael Penix Jr. are headed to Hollywood. They're <laughs> taking on USC and they are favored by three points on the road. Uh, I mean, yeah, em emphatically Washington. I, I, I do think USC this will feels, score. I think this, this feels weird, but yeah, I don't, yeah, this feels it feels like a trap. I don't feel like I'm immediately looking over my shoulder. Uh, the over under on this game is seventy six, and I would probably lean the over on that. Um, yeah, I'm blindly betting the over. Yeah, I think this is just going to be preposterous points. Smash which, it. Uh, as Smash. Uh, lifelong supporters of Michael Penix Jr., we are big fans of. Um, but in, in, I just don't see in what world USC is going to be able to slow down the Washington offense. Um, yeah, which admittedly kind of looked pretty rough against Arizona State a couple weeks ago, but I'll chalk that up to an Oregon come down. But uh, Phoenix got hurt a little bit at some point. Yeah, he was a little thing So, anyways, I yeah, this I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Washington. It probably sounds stupid because it feels so blatantly obvious, but yeah, unless. Unless USC's defense pulls, you know, a couple of former, you know, mid aughts linebackers back into the depth chart. Ray Malaluga. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you're Ray Malalugas. You're Brian Cushing's. You're Ray's Malaluga. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see them slowing down Washington. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, you can just go ahead and mark me down. I'm jumping in line ahead of Jordan. Mark me down for That's Washington fine. for all those reasons. Well, I am gonna be brave. And take Washington minus six and a half. I'm going to sell some points here. Oh, um, that's smart. I'm no, I'm I'm also going to take the Huskies. Uh, I think the only concern I have is Penix's health. Um, sure. From a from a Heisman perspective, this kind of feels like an important game, like in terms of generating stats. Let's put, and, let's put some numbers in the bank here. Let's. Yeah. Let's. Uh, Let's sow some seeds that we can harvest later on. Um, so I, I do wonder, like, is there any lingering stuff there that maybe impacts play calling when it shouldn't? Or, like, I, I, I think Washington has the defense to be able to handle the volatile Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley experience. Um, I don't know how USC's defense slows down Washington on offense. So. Yes. Yep. The consensus rides for the Huskies as God intended. Aru! Long time listeners. Long time listeners could have predicted that early on, but game number five. It's a night game at 745. I did a double take when I saw this kickoff time because it is so uncollege football. That hard CBS harkens harkens back to the Brent Musburger like ESPN games they used to do on Saturday night. I feel like those were like seven forty five kicks. Must just horny Brent Musburger just on the oh, call, yeah. ready to go, ready ready to look at crowd shots. That dirty dog. LSU is at Alabama. This is a big one for the SEC West. Uh, winner here probably controls the destiny. 
moving forward to make it to Atlanta. Bama is favored by three entire points at Bryant-Denny Stadium. I'm going to take Alabama. I, I do worry that I am falling into the nostalgia trap here of, well, it's Bama, and I can get them at less than a touchdown, so i got to do it. I, I, I can't afford not to. Um, I, I just think, like, LSU's defense probably still has some issues, and I think even Jalen Milrow not being the most talented thrower of the football from a levels of routes standpoint, they can still find plenty of ways to take advantage of that. And uh, yeah, I think home field's worth probably more than three in this contest. So give me the tide. Uh, a few weeks ago on this podcast, I very confidently said that I thought LSU was better than Alabama. So I'm going to take the Tigers. Um, it's... I guess I just I, I feel like the, the relative difference between like LSU's offense is the best unit in this game. I think um, they've been awesome. They have the better quarterback. I do know LSU's defense struggled with like mobile quarterback Florida State version, but I don't think that Alabama does the things to hurt you that Florida State's offense does. And I think that. Alabama that we've seen winning games recently has like played one good half and one bad half. I don't think they have that luxury against this LSU team. Cause I think this LSU team can, can jump on you a lot more akin to what like Florida state could. Um, so <clears throat> for those reasons, I'm going to take LSU cause I think they're better and um Hoping for a shootout. Hope it's a fun one. I also think right after I proclaimed that I thought LSU was better than Alabama, they lost to Ole Miss. So, um, but they've they've won me back. Their defense has looked marginally better as well as also. So they, you know, I think there's I think we're we're on the road to uh, to good things here with LSU. I think all that's reasonable. Um... On the other hand, for me, it's been two weeks since either of these teams played. Um, and two oh. weeks ago, LSU played Army. And the week before that, they played Auburn. Uh, both of those at home. So it's been a full month since they went on the road to Missouri and won. Uh, I also, given two weeks uh, and a coaching matchup of Nick Saban and Brian Kelly, that's a pretty straightforward decision for me. Um, I do agree that LSU's offense is, is the best unit on the field. Uh, but... Uh, I I think that scheme will have a significant impact here, and Alabama has felt a little a little bit better in recent days. Uh, not too better, but a little bit better as well. Uh, so I'm going to take the tide, and uh, yeah, just just rely on them still being Alabama and Brian Kelly still being Brian Kelly, a very good coach who beat Alabama last year. Sure. Allegedly. <laughs> the very good part. I cannot dispute the beat Alabama part. That's right. <laughs> right. All right. That's Pickville. We okay. Can. Cool. Uh, time for some lines to move between these picks made on Tuesday and sure. these games kicking on Saturday. So I'll the be. Spreadsheet is locked. Is the Missouri Georgia game, like, is that like a new ESPN game? 
That's 330 CBS. Oh, okay. Gotcha. CBS is running the double on Saturday. Uh, Wow. Just a couple of big time, a a legendary SEC East matchup between Missouri and Georgia. Maybe they can pull Vern out of the crow's nest at Augusta and get him to (laughs) Athens. Help him spread the load a little bit. What if they just unveiled him? Like they didn't tell anybody and then they just like, also Vern Lundquist is with us. Everybody goes nuts. Oh, oh my. This is great. (laughs) Happy to be back. And and then Gary just won't let him get a word in because he just can't can't stop talking about Nick Saban, the program that he's built. All right. Well, you guys got anything else you need to get off your chests before we pack it up for another week? Probably another mega episode coming at you guys next week, FYI. So if you made it this long, it's looking that way. Yep. So consider this endurance training for, for the upcoming week or two. Yes, absolutely. The road dogs move on. Um, I'll be up. I'll be up in the Commonwealth being cold, evidently. Being Jason. cozy. Jason, are we going to cross? Are we going to cross streams in the air? Cross jet streams, if you will. Chemtrails. We shouldn't. Maybe maybe Sunday we will. When are you flying out? Uh crack of dawn friday morning oh okay gotcha cute all right well it's the wheel route podcast thank you for joining us you can go to the instagram at wheel route podcast you can send us emails wheel route podcast at gmail.com we will read them we will reply to them and you can go to the it's the website you can download the show from the website you can stream the show from the website you can see pictures of us on the website you can see the pick tracker there as well and you know do all manner of statistical analysis uh, to try to figure out why we, we, I say we are so bad at this, why I am so bad at this. I would be most interested in knowing why I'm so bad at this, but um, until we meet again, we love you guys. Go Gators. Go who's. Go Gators. Go Gators.